Can you imagine what the world would be like if we all had the attitude of Jesus? Probably that would solve, not probably, I think for a fact that that would solve world hunger, that will solve wars, you know, that will solve divisions within families, communities. So thank you for that reminder. That song is a great reminder of how we can be a Christ to other people. And with that said, that is a wonderful, perfect segue to our theme or our topic of these next few sermons that we're going to have the next few weeks called Into His Likeness. Into His Likeness, based off of 2 Corinthians 3.18, that we are being transformed into His likeness. Just a quick recap from last week, in case you were not here last week, what we learned last week is the point of life or the purpose of life. That was the main question, right, that we explored. What is the purpose of life? For some people, they think the purpose of life is to find your meaning and your calling, and then that's going to be your purpose in life. It's going to be that job. It's going to be that career. It's going to be raising a family. But I think that that's short. That's not just it. And that's what we learned last week, that the purpose of life is to walk with Jesus so you can be transformed into his likeness. And that can happen anywhere at any time in the course of your life. While you're a doctor, maybe, or while you're a physician, or a mom, or an uncle, it can happen anywhere in your life. That's the purpose of life, to walk with Jesus so you can be transformed into his likeness. That was last week's topic. Now, for today, if we're talking about being transformed into Jesus' likeness, then we have to talk about what is Jesus' likeness? What is God's likeness? So, part two for today will be on the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. If we're going to really appreciate God and what God means to us, the first thing that we'd lo- we should do, actually, is look into God's creation. Have you recently considered God's creations? In Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. What did God do? God created this world and everything in it. So have you recently considered God's creation? If you are to truly appreciate God, if we are to be transformed into his likeness, then we should take his creation into consideration. So what have you thought about recently in regard to God's creation? Maybe Recently, you admired or you felt blessed when you saw the sunrise come up. And what, bring, and what does the sunrise bring? Well, it, it has wonderful colors of blue and purple and yellow and, and white and, and red and orange, right? And then just when the sun rises, everything just feels fresh. The air feels fresh. 
You feel light. Your, your heart also feels light. Not just, not just your body, but, but your heart, right? Because it's a new day. Have you considered that part of God's creation? Or maybe just in our backyard, you have recently admired the mountains that God created and the woods and the trees, the forest and the animals within it. Or when I asked you to consider God's creation, perhaps your mind didn't go into the mountains. Maybe it went to the beach, to the sandy shores of the Caribbeans. As Jim and I were reviewing these slides uh, with Richard and Bob, Jim pointed out, and I didn't recognize this until he pointed it out, that it actually looks like, it looks like an alligator. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So if anyone's familiar with the Caribbeans, this is from the Caribbean, somewhere in the Caribbeans. I don't, I don't know. That's what the caption was when I found this stock photo. Maybe your mind goes to something like this, especially if you love crystal blue waters where it's so clear that you can see 15 to 20 feet down below. You can see fish swim. Have you considered God's creation recently? Maybe your mind doesn't go to the mountains or the rivers. Maybe it doesn't go to the oceans. Perhaps you're thinking of the Sahara Desert. You're probably thinking, well, what's so pretty about the desert? No, there's beauty in the desert. Because even then, you see God's magnificent hand working on the sands, right? The desert is never complacent. It, th- this hill right here that you see on the right, on the top right, I bet you one day it's not going to be there because the sands are constantly moving. It's a fingerprint of a landscape. Have you considered God's creation? Well, let's not look into just this world. How about looking up? Stop looking horizontally, but look vertically, looking upwards on a clear sky, especially here in Colorado. The further you are, out of Denver, you can see these stars, right? These planets. Now I can understand when David looked up into the night sky, he was humbled by that. Because as I look into the night sky, I'm reminded that I am nothing but a speck of dust in the grand scheme of the universe. Wow. Have you considered God's creation recently. God created all of this. Perhaps your mind doesn't go to landscapes, mountains, and, and, and valleys, or deserts. Maybe your mind doesn't go towards outer space. Maybe your mind goes towards thinking of God's little creatures, something as small as a mighty ant. You know how great God is? He is so good that he considered every single thing on this planet, that the ant even plays a special role in decomposition of things that die and passed away and returned back into the dirt, right? That's an ant. Or maybe you're thinking larger. Maybe you're not thinking of an ant, but you're thinking of a polar bear, This cute and cuddly polar bear who's waving at you right now is something that you really don't want to get close to, right? If you've ever seen a National Geographic video of a polar bear, what are they usually doing? They're eating, they're tearing apart another animal like a seal or a penguin or, well, I don't know about a penguin, fish especially, right? So these polar bears are as tall as this ceiling. I should have put the picture of when I saw one in 
in Denver Zoo, and they had uh, its picture standing straight uh, on its hind legs. And here I am at 5'9", and the bear was probably twice my size or my height. And if you think this is large, well, what about this animal? Have you considered this animal that God created? This, what whale is it, Georgia? Do you know what kind of whale this is? Who knows what kind of whale this is? Any of the children? Hump whale? Sperm whale? No, this is the blue whale. This is the blue whale. What is special about the blue whale? It's the largest animal, the largest animal in the entire world, in here on earth. It's the largest animal. Its heart is so big that it's as heavy as a cow, which a cow weighs more than a thousand pounds. So the heart of a blue whale weighs more or weighs as much as a cow. That's huge. So, and the blue whale gets as long as a hundred feet. So if you don't know what a hundred feet looks like, imagine three yellow school buses lined up after each other. Three yellow school buses. That's a hundred feet. That's a blue whale. Have you considered God's creations? Just these pictures alone gives me goosebumps because to think that God created such magnificent creatures or to create such magnificent sites and and places on our planet that God created all of these things. But yet, no matter how large this whale is, no matter how tall a mountain is, that is not his masterpiece of a creation. The masterpiece of his creation is what? It's you and me. It's people. That's the masterpiece of his creation. And regardless of our joys, regardless of our pain, regardless of our tears, regardless of all of that, we are his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. The girls laughing and smiling here in sunflowers, uh, in the midst of sunflowers, are his masterpiece. And how do I know that? Because, kind of like what we looked at last week, we are created in his likeness. We looked at that verse last week, right? In Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, On the sixth day, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created you. That's the masterpiece. And you have to stop and pause and think, why did he create the world to be so beautiful? Because he had you in mind. He created it to be so beautiful because he wanted you to have a home that you can admire, that you can take care of, that you can appreciate, and that through this creation that he made, this home for us, we can also understand the love that he has for you and me. To be created in his likeness, think on that for a second. I want you to reflect on that. Let that marinate in your mind what that means to be created in God's image. How does that touch your heart at this moment? How does that impact your, your, your thinking? 
to be created in his image. Not the blue whale, not the polar bear, the mountains, the rivers, the oceans, the fish, the birds. Every single living thing here was not created in his image, but you were or are. How does that sit with you? That should really impact you in such a way that you should have a sense of gratitude and praise towards God and humility. The question that needs to be asked is, why even create us in his likeness? I think we're created in his likeness just to simply explain it briefly is so that way we can relate to him and he can relate to us. That way, we can understand love, and he can understand our pains. So that that way, he can be, as Hebrews chapter 2 tells us, that Jesus was created in our likeness so that he could be a mediator for us, that he could be our advocate, that he could be our brother, our friend. That's why we're created in God's likeness. And with that being said, Don't sell yourself short on things. It it breaks my heart that when I was a chaplain to to meet patients who were drowning themselves in, in substance abuse, in liquor or drugs... Or maybe it wasn't substance abuse. Maybe they were drowning themselves in into sex or other things. And when every time I ask that pa- a patient why why they have come to this point in their life, when I ask them that, most of their answers were, "Well, I just don't feel like I'm worth it. I don't feel like my family even thinks I'm worth it. Therefore, why should I think I'm worth it?" But you're worth it. Because you're created in God's likeness. And that's the point of this series, is for us to, un- to have this understanding so that way we can be transformed once again and to come back into this likeness. What do I mean by coming back to this likeness? Is because sin has destroyed that likeness, that image that is inside of us, that image of God that's, that's us, right? Sin has tainted that in so many different ways. And that's the purpose of this message is so that you may be inspired to walk with Jesus so we may be transformed into his likeness, a likeness that has been lost. As I'm thinking about likeness, I can't help but think of this little baby. This little baby is the newest addition to my family uh, this is Eli Josue Argueta, who was born last month on May 4. We're never going to forget his birthday, because if you're a Star Wars fan, that's May the 4th be with you, right? Oh, we have some Star Wars fans in here. That's good. Yeah. <coughs> so as soon as Eli was born to his parents, which Rosalyn is my youngest sister, we're 10 years apart, and then Josue is Eli's dad. As soon as he was born... Oh, and that's Riley. Riley is uh, my seventh niece. Oh, I forgot to mention this. I also have to say this, though, is that uh, I am very excited. I love all my seven nieces, and I have two of them here right now, Uh, but we finally have a nephew, you know? So this is our first nephew uh, between both families. 
Okay, Becky, are you laughing because you know I'm going to spoil this kid rotten? So, so we're excited about that. But as soon as Eli was born, as soon as he was born, the, the conversation, the talk about his likeness started. I mean, have you not done that before? As soon as a baby was born or you're in the presence of a toddler, you're thinking, hmm, how does she look like? Who does he look like? Who does he act like? Well, that's what we were doing with Eli. So we asked Rosalind, well, how is he like? Oh, she's, he's calm. Eli's always calm. He's always sleeping. He doesn't ask for much. So my family and I said he definitely got Josue's blood on that side, right? <laughs> because unlike Eli, Riley, on the other hand, she's just a bundle of joy, always laughing, always talking, always bouncing around, which clearly is my sister, Rosalind. Do you see the likeness there? The likeness is that that's their attitude, that's their character. And likeness is also the physical likeness. You can tell by the picture on the far right that Eli has the cheeks of both his parents, you know? Even to this day when I see Rosalind, as I'm going in for a hug, I stop right before I hug her and I squeeze her cheeks and she said, you know, I'm 33 years old, stop that. So, but no, you're never too old to get your cheeks squeezed, right? And then if you look at Eli's hair, you can tell that his, the hair uh, that he has is in the likeness of his parents. It's, uh, it's black hair, just like his parents' hair as well. So when you think of likeness, when you think of image, well, just like a child has qualities of their parents, you and I have qualities of God inside of us. If it wasn't for Jesus coming to earth, we wouldn't know how, to, how God looks like. But because Jesus came to earth, we know the qualities of, of his appearance. He has eyes like us. He has a nose, he has hands, that he even asked Doubting Thomas to to touch his hands, right? We have those qualities of God, the likeness of God inside of us because we are created in his likeness. So if we're going to really understand how we are created in God's likeness, we have to look at the Holy Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Now, you and I both know as Christians that the actual phrase of Holy Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible. It's not. But it is, we can assume it. We can, there's strong evidences that there is a Godhead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The verse that we just read, Genesis 1.26, where it says, Let us make man in our image. Did you catch that? Did you realize that that's in the plural form? Let us create man. It's the Godhead that's talking. Well, if the phrase Holy Trinity is not mentioned directly in the Bible, then how do we know it's three persons in one? Well, Jesus mentioned it in Matthew 28 verse 19. When he gives the great commission, when he gave the great commission, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? What is the stamp of approval? What is the seal of approval? Well, the seal of approval is God himself, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus speaks to the Godhead. Jesus said in that great commission that there are three within the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What else can we learn about the Holy Trinity? Well, it's an ongoing working relationship. We already saw the example in, Gen- in Genesis 1.26. That was a working relationship in creation. In creation week, the Godhead said, let us create the birds and the fish. Let us create Bobby. Let us create Gavin in our image, in the plural form. That's an ongoing working relationship, even to this day. And we'll see a few more verses on that regard, on that point. And then number two, it's three in one. According to Jesus, it's three persons in one, with each having distinguishing roles. So let's take a look at the Father. What are some of the qualities of the Father, of God the Father? You don't have to turn to these verses, but if you wanted to write them down just so you can review it later, that would be beneficial. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what love the Father has given us. So what has the Father given us? The Father has given us love. Who's the one that gives? God. God the Father is the one that gives us love. Because we also know that God is love, right? And the verse continues, it says, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. He has called us children of God. If he is the father, then we are the children. Therefore, God, the father, gives us an identity, gives us an identity as his children. And that is what we are. We are his children. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know God. In another place, in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, verse 36 It says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, give, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be the children of the Most High. This verse tells us that God the Father is also called the Most High. And why is he called the Most High? Because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked and he is merciful. So be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So what are some qualities of God, the Father? He's a giver of love. He he gives us identity. He is kind. He is merciful. And we can call him the most high. And let's look at one more verse. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 16. It says, for you are our father. Though Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer. So God the Father is also the Redeemer of people. Hmm. Those are some fantastic qualities about God the Father. Now let's talk about Jesus. Let's take a look at who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son. And according to Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 9, this is a passage that I go to often because I think it's such a fantastic passage. It's a fantastic uh, part of the Bible. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Paul is the one that says, 
your attitude, your likeness should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God, which is something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So what do we know about God the Son? God the Son is the physical manifestation of God the Father. We wouldn't know who God the Father is without the physical manifestation of God the Son. Why did he have to come into this world to be in physical form? Is to show us how to love and to die to be sacrificed for our sins. That's what Philippians 2 verse 5 through 9 tells us. That the Son became the incarnated form of God so that he could die for our sins. So that's God the Son, Jesus Christ. Well, what about the Holy Spirit? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 14. And we get a good description of the Holy Spirit's qualities here. In John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, verse 26. Who is the Holy Spirit then? What are the qualities of the Holy Spirit? Well, according to Jesus, from the mouth of Jesus himself, Jesus said, the counselor, which is um, I'm forgetting the word in Greek, so let me go ahead and pull up my notes here. The Greek word here is parakletos. Parakletos, which means counselor, can also be translated as advocate or comforter, is the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing we learn about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the parakletos, which is the counselor, advocate, or comforter. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will what? The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit's role is to teach as well as to remind you of Jesus Christ, of the gospel, to remind you when you forget or when you go wayward and, and you walk this way when you should be walking this way with Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to prick your heart. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to touch your conscience and tell you, hey, Edre, you shouldn't be doing that. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to lead you to repentance. It's the Holy Spirit when you're brokenhearted is the one that's going to comfort your because Jesus isn't here physically with us. Therefore, the Holy Spirit has been sent. By whom? By the Father. Do you see the working relationship here? In this verse, once again, we get a glimpse of the ongoing working relationship of the Holy Trinity. Jesus is making the proclamation that the Holy Spirit is coming. Who's sending the Holy Spirit? It's going to be God the Father. And who's going to touch your lives and who's going to teach you and remind you of, of me, of the gospel? It's the Holy Spirit. Wow. The Holy Trinity, God, the Godhead, working together for what? For your salvation. 
for my salvation. If that has not spoken to you right now, then I don't know what's going to reach out to you and, and, and give you the goosebumps that, that right now I feel like I have. So now, what is so significant about the Holy Trinity? I bring this up because we are created with Trinity in mind. This isn't sacrilegious. We are created with Trinity in mind. This is coming once again from the mouth of Jesus. Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Wow. One can make the argument that the Holy Trinity is even created, or not created, is, is in, is, has that form. That God the Father, one can make the argument that he is like, of the mind, and Jesus being the physical, uh, the physical manifestation of God, that's the physical form, and then the Holy Spirit is the soul or the spirit. You know that soul is pneuma, and pneuma can be translated as breath, wind, soul, right? Or spirit. So we are created with Trinity in mind. That is the likeness that we have. From God. That is the likeness that we have from God. What is the heart? The heart is an organ in our body that pumps life to the rest of our body parts. Without the heart, you and I cannot live. The heart is the representation of the physical form that we have. And with all your soul, well, soul is the spirit that is connected to the ultimate Holy Spirit, right? And with all your mind, that is our brain, our way of thinking, how we feel, how we reconcile our feelings to what we are thinking. Jesus actually used this as an example in his Sermon on the Mount, Remember what he said about sin, that if your eye causes you to sin, to do what? Pluck it out. I wonder if it's that easy. That's morbid, I'm sorry. Uh, you Pluck it out, right? If your hand causes you to sin, what do you do? You cut it off. Well, why was Jesus specific in giving those two body parts? Well, the eye is what sees the eye is the one that sees something that is so wonderful that I need it so bad, I want it so bad that I'm going to reach out and grab it. Whether it's by stealing or by killing or some other form of sin because the eyes saw it first. As soon as the eyes saw it first, that that sight is now registered into the eyes and now goes where? Into the mind. And once it's in the mind, that's where the mind is now having that internal battle. I know it's wrong. I know I shouldn't grab this. I know I shouldn't go to it, but I can't help myself. You know what? It's not going to hurt. I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's your mind. And once your mind has 
agreed and said, I'm going to go ahead and do it, then your hands are the ones that take action. Oh, Bob, look, your wallet. I'm going to take that, right? It's not mine, but I want it to be mine. So now my hands are going to take action of what my mind was thinking. Do you see how we are created? Our three main components, according to God, on how God created us is physical, mental, and emotional, as well as spiritual. Now think about your life. Where is there, is, it, is the word imbalance? Where is there an imbalance in your life? If one of those is off, then it affects the other two just as well. You might be physically fit and strong, but you're feeding your mind with useless information. You're feeding your mind with the wrong type of music, perhaps. Well, then guess what? Your spirit is not going to be at its peak. You could be physically strong. Or perhaps you are physically weak, but your mind is strong. And your faith is strong. And kind of like what I mentioned about Becky, though her body is weak, but because her faith and her mind is strong, she wants to come to church. That is, those are the components of how God has created us. So moving forward in the weeks to come, we're going to explore each component. We're going to talk about Jesus, who's the representation of our physical well-being, the manifestation of God the Father. We're going to talk about God the Father, of how he guides us to make the right choices so our mind is healthy. Then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. That's what you can look forward to in the weeks to come as we continue on with this theme called Into His Likeness. That's the purpose of life. I hope that becomes your purpose in life just as much as it's the purpose of my life that we desire to walk with Jesus every day so that we are transformed into his likeness.